Welcome. You are listening to a recording provided for the use of those who are blind and print impaired. Materials or items read on AIRSLA are the copyrighted property of the original authors and publishers. No unauthorized use or duplication is permitted. Enjoy. Hello, it is Shane Masterson um, here on April 9th for your U.S. News and World Report. Today, we are going to be reading um, an article by Paul D. Shinkman titled, Why Would Russian Troops Commit Atrocities in Ukraine? Contempt for Russian President Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine has given way to global outrage over horrific acts, even war crimes, but what remains to be uncovered is who's responsible. This uh, article was written on April 8th, 2022, uh, and let's get right into it. All right. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan stepped to the podium this week to offer the Biden administration's first assessment of the source of a series of horrifying atrocities discovered as Russian troops withdrew from their positions around key Ukrainian cities. He pointed the blame squarely at the top leadership within the Kremlin. Quote, Russia was intending as a matter of policy, not as a matter of one guy in a unit in a suburb of Kyiv, but as a matter of a policy in this war, to kill dissidents, to kill those who caused problems for the occupation, and to impose a reign of terror uh, across occupied territories within Ukraine. Sullivan empathetically told reporters on Monday, a day after news of indiscriminate killings, rapes, and mass graves emerged from Buka. This is what we are seeing play out. Even as the humanitarian outrages of the nearly two-month conflict in Ukraine involving siege warfare and the shelling of non-military targets were eclipsed last weekend by widely shared revelations, later confirmed by satellite imagery, of mass graves, as well as indications that civilians have been indiscriminated, killed, tortured, raped, and murdered, Released German intercepts of supposed communications among Russian soldiers would demonstrate clear evidence of war crimes by the invading troops, but the shocking nature of the initial images was enough to force the almost immediate condemnation from the top officials within the Biden administration. Sullivan said he was not specifically addressing the reports of atrocities in Bucha that were beginning to become clear at the time, but the kind of bold and provocative rhetoric he espoused on Monday almost immediately turned attention to questions about why invading Russian troops were acting with such brutality against their neighbors. Were these isolated incidents, or was the Kremlin sending a message, as Sullivan suggested, to its opposition in Ukraine, Russia, the region, and to Western allies around the globe? Quote, it's difficult for us to know, a senior Pentagon official told reporters on Wednesday when asked about whether the evidence of war crimes in Bucha was intended to send a signal to the world. Look at the imagery. When you see individuals with their hands tied behind their backs and evidence of being shot in the head, that certainly appears to be premeditated. It appears to be planned. It certainly appears to be very, very deliberate, the official said. But the official added, it's difficult to know what motivation was behind this, whether it was a message attempt or not. Clearly a message was sent to the world of Russia's brutality, and that's the message that should not be forgotten here. In the, if the brutality was a message from Moscow, the West was quick to respond. The disclosures forced widespread repercussions, causing global leaders to, and average citizens alike to reel. And they have resulted in some very real consequences that complicate life for the Kremlin, including additional sanctions, the denial of American banks for use in debt payments, and Russia's suspension from the UN Human Rights Council. New sanctions targeted Russian President Vladimir Putin's inner circle and their loved ones, including his own two grown daughters and the daughter of Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov. 
Russia has pushed back, undercutting even the reports of brutality themselves. Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov said earlier this week of reports of Russian war crimes, specifically in Bukha. We completely reject the involvement of Russian soldiers in such crimes, according to a translation of his remarks. He disparaged the subsequent footage as staled falsification. In a meeting with his top advisors, Putin himself called the need to counteract what he considered information warfare and other, quote, sabotage orchestrated by the Ukrainian government, which he has repeatedly claimed represents a neo-Nazi regime. And the Russian embassy in Paris circulated a tweet with footage it claimed showed a film set in the town of Bukha, implying the atrocities there were fabricated. It later took down the post after the French governor summoned the ambassador. The French, French government, my bad. Uh, Russia's narrative was strengthened by this week by re reports that Ukrainian soldiers have engaged in executions of Russian troops, yet unverified accusations that the Kremlin has predictably attempted to exploit as an example of crimes on both sides. Former officials and analysts in the U.S. have offered varying explanations for why Russia appears willing to carry out such a campaign of barbarism. Richard Haas, a diplomat and senior government advisor currently serving as the president of the Council on Foreign Relations, wrote in a post on Twitter that the atrocities by Russian troops were almost certainly an act of policy, quote, designed to depopulate cities, break the spirit of Ukraine rather than simply terrible behavior by troops. Poorly led troops do many awful things, but not systematic executions of civilians, he wrote. Others disagree, adding that the horrors on display in Ukraine are well within the realm of what could be possible for the fighting forces Russia has deployed to Ukraine, or, or, for a West, or even for a Western military. This is what happens when a conscript army is lied to, given impossible military objectives, encounters fierce resistance, gets a lot of people killed, and ha hasn't either the military culture nor the disciplined officer corps to resist a descent into savagery, wrote Andrew Exum, himself an army veteran and former top Pentagon official for released policy. This culture, or lack of it, has seized public attention in other ways, including reports of Russian troops turning themselves into Ukrainian authorities, willfully destroying their equipment and attacking their officers as well as other forms of sabotage to undermine a mission many of them visibly do not understand. Exum's column in The Atlantic published on Wednesday documents what he described as the, quote, inhumanity of Russia's, Russian troops in Ukraine, but he adds caution for those in the U.S. who see the behavior as foreign, given America's own history of war crimes among its troops. Quote, that we kept our military engaged in combat for 20 consecutive years without facing horrors on the scale that we are witnessing in this relatively short conflict in Ukraine is truly remarkable, but ensuring that will remain the case in future conflicts will take hard work and vigilance. His ass assessment of uh, Russia's military matches prior concerns expressed by the Pentagon. Officials there have pinned widespread failures by the Russian military on poor strategy, perhaps even based on faulty advice military commanders gave to Putin, and on a rotted hierarchy devoid of the kind of leadership, particularly among senior non-commissioned officers, that serves as the primary source of keeping troops in line in other militaries. Putin has turned to draftees, foreign fighters, and private mercenaries in an apparent act of desperation to bolster his beleaguered uniformed forces, and perhaps the most pressing element about the motivation of the perpetrators behind the brutality in Bukha is that the incidents were not unprecedented. 
Quote, while Buka certainly and rightly has captured the world's attention, the Pentagon official added to reporters, it's not the first time in these last 41 or 42 days of conflict where the Russians have been committing war crimes, and it's not the first example of brutality as brutal as it is. Complicating matters, the attempts to obscure the reality on the ground are aided by the realities of how any global power could hold the perpetrators to account. Sullivan himself referenced a major obstacle to achieving any sort of reckoning behind the horrors coming out of Ukraine, saying the U.S. had not yet determined even the arena where a war crimes tribu tribunal could take place. He referenced that the International Criminal Court has l held such proceedings in the past, but suggested the road toward accountability will be long. There have been other examples in other conflicts of other mechanisms being set up, he said. There is more work to be done to work out the specifics of that. Thank you so much for listening to Airs LA today. Again, it's April 9th. Article was written on April 8th. This is Shane Masterson signing off. Hope to see you all next week.